5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. We're just right around the corner from college football, NFL football. Of course, we're going to talk that tonight as well as some NBA free agency and see what everyone thinks of James Harden's new deal with the Rockets. Will Melo go to the Rockets from the Knicks? We'll have a lot to discuss tonight. Along with everything that's going on in college football, SEC media days starting this week. I believe it's in Hoover, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll talk a little bit about that, which coaches are on the hot seat. And I think if you're smart, you know which ones are. If you listen to this show, you should know which ones are. The two coaches I think are on the hot seat the most, Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M and Gus Malzahn and Auburn. I mean, it's time to put up or shut up. And I'm interested to see how these coaches handle the adversity. Because, I mean, if you're Gus Malzahn, you have to know that this is probably your best team that you've had in Auburn since you were offensive coordinator in 2010. And maybe the best, most talented Auburn team in history, actually, if you look at all the recruiting rankings. So we'll see what Jonathan thinks about that tonight. We'll talk about the ACC. I think it's the Atlantic division. I mean, that's a very weak division with Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, NC State. One of the best divisions in college football. One of the most competitive ones. And we'll see where Jonathan has his Florida State Seminoles picked and maybe who's a wild card coming in. Jonathan, that's you in there. Press number one. I believe that's you. I just want to make sure. There you are. Fine co-host of this program, Jonathan Miklos. What's going on, Jonathan? Hey, not much. You know, sometimes I hit number one, and it's like, nah, we're we're taking you out of the queue. It's just it's rude. I don't I don't like. It. Yeah, and I don't like bringing anybody in. I've learned from experience without that number one pressed. <laughs> so, well. So, so, Jonathan, I just made a point. SEC Media Days this week. Who do you think – give me two or three coaches that are on the hot seat. I think it's someone in Malzahn. Give me some coaches you think that they're in trouble. I know Butch Jones probably is on your list. Um, I mean, Yeah, I mean, obviously Butch is on the list. You know, it's, it's funny. You look at the SEC and how it shaked out. Uh, the teams that finished in the bottom of the conference, I actually feel like the safest right now, uh, coaching-wise, you know, with um, Missouri and and Mississippi State, uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, you know, I mean, they're either new coaches or, I mean, in Vanderbilt's case, you're kind of content with making a bowl game. Um, I mean, obviously, Hugh Freeze is on a hot seat. I know Ole Miss can't go to a bowl game this year, but you 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 gotta win. Let's say uh, at least six, you can at least be bowl eligible. Um, if this team craters this year with the talent it does have on it, and that that that's a good reason to fire him. If any, I know they're standing behind him, but uh, you know, and you brought up someone, you brought up Malzahn, you brought up Bush. I'm not gonna waste time on them. You and I both agree. I think Bielema is another coach that uh, yep. is on the hot seat. Think about it. 
What has Arkansas done other than Van Jekyll and Hyde? You know, they've had a great – they'll have great first halves, and, and a horrible first half of the year, a great second half of the year. Uh, you know, they haven't been able to put it together. This seems like offensively maybe the best talent he's had on offense, and that defense needs to figure it out. Um, a, a coach that I'm going to tell you is on the hot seat, and I think it's off-brand. Um, and I think it's Florida with uh, – Jim McElwain, because I know they've won back-to-back SEC East, and that's great and all, but they, he has not been able to develop a quarterback. Um, this defense has lost all the must-champ recruits, so we're going to see how good McElwain has been at recruiting on the defensive side. I mean, the offense is sputtered, and that's supposed to be his specialty. You know, and, and you can only do – you can only blame the offense for so long, especially for an offensive-minded coach, before they look back at you and go, come on, man. That's on you. Uh, the lack of development of quarterbacks, that's on you. And I know people like to look at the rear, rear, the Will Greer situation and look at the six games and blah, blah, blah. Well, he also wasn't a McElwain guy. That was another must-champ recruit. So I'm interested to see, you know, if Florida, let's say, has a poor year. Let's say they don't go bowling or maybe they only go six and six. Uh, could McElwain be in trouble? Uh, that's the one thing I got to worry about because you look at it. If Miami has another good year, USF has a good year, UCF has a good year, Florida State uh, has another good year. Florida's the only one that's program seems you know would, would then seem to be moving backwards. And I don't know if the administration would be okay with that. Granted, I think McElwain's the safest out of any of the coaches that you and I have named. Yeah, but I mean, this offense is. Is bad. I know he's made two SEC championship games, but man, that's not saying much. Looking at the division of the East over the last few years, I mean, this offense is just as bad today as it was under Muschamp, and everybody blamed Muschamp for the offensive struggles. Uh, these players are gone now on defense for Florida. The Muschamp disciples, and I don't, I just don't think Florida's going to be near as good as what people are predicting. And I know at SEC Media Days this week, you'll hear a lot of, it'll be 50-50 between Florida and Georgia, who wins the East. But, you know, I'm not giving up on Tennessee yet, but I still want to prove it. And I think Brett Bielema is a great name. I mean, this guy hasn't done anything, Johnson. Zero. I mean, he's never even come close to Alabama, really. He's He's been blown out by Auburn several times. He, he just can't beat. He can beat LSU at the end of the season, but he just, he just finds a way at the first of the season. Their team's out of contention, like you said. By the time the SEC play starts almost, they're out of contention. What was that last year? They lost to – who was it? Like, they lost to some team out of the – I don't know what conference it was. Uh, conference USA, I, maybe. Uh, last year, that loss was um, – crap. I think it was Toledo. Or the year um, – Yeah. Yeah, somebody like that. But, but that's the but kind I of mean, stuff to me that'll get you fired. Right. right. I mean, you know, I remember when they lost to Louisiana Monroe and what was it, uh, 12, that when they were coming in high that year. You know, I mean, this just seems to be like an Arkansas thing, you know, where they they struggle. I mean, uh, no, they avoided the early loss last year. They, uh, they beat Louisiana Tech by one. Before. That's what it was. Yeah, the, so year, the year before, before was the, they lost. Yeah, that was uh, that was Toledo. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, just I mean, and, and even you look at last year's loss to Auburn. I mean, I know Auburn had a bye week. I know Arkansas was struggling, but when you get beat fifty-six to three, and your players quit in the first quarter, to me, that's coaching. It, you could be get beat fifty-six to. You shouldn't be able to beat get beat fifty-six to three if you're giving effort. I don't care how bad you are. You should not lose fifty-six to three if you're giving an effort. And that's where I think Bielema better be careful. His, his number one running back, the best player on the team, just quit football. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's unbelievable. The guy just says, you know what, I'm done. I'm just, I don't want to play anymore. I think Arkansas is going to have some, some problems. I know that, what's his name, Brandon Allen or whatever his name is, the brother. Austin. I can't remember. But I, Austin, that's right. I just – I just don't think he's good enough to carry that team. And I think, you know, he's tough. They were talking about how tough he was. He he got hit so many times last year. Jonathan, how long is he going to be able to withstand the punishment this year? I mean, before he breaks. Because you can't keep getting hit and injured and just keep popping back. I think right now is about the time, unless that offensive line decides to protect him. I think Arkansas better be looking at their second and third string quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that they lost Raleigh Williams. Um, I know uh, he retired because of um, he, had, he had a neck injury that he did. Uh, after talking to the doctors, he didn't want to chance it. But, yeah, they always seem to have good uh, – they always seem to have good depth at running back. But they're breaking in a bunch of new receivers. They're breaking in new linemen. Um, you know, I know they got a great center, and that that's the one thing that I like for Arkansas, but I know their left tackle, Dan Skipper, the big boy, is like 6'8", six, 6'10", six, whatever. I know he's in. Uh, the NFL, I mean, their front seven looks brand new. This, this could be a rough year for Arkansas. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, they, they, they open with Florida A&M, but you got TCU, Texas A&M. Uh, you got a week three bye week, which is just – I, I know you and I probably both agree, you know, you hate having a bye week that early in the year. Yeah, I mean, what, what's, what's the point, right? You know, you got to go to Alabama, you got to go to LSU. You have, you're at Alabama, and you got Auburn coming to town. You know, I mean, luckily, um, if they can if they can get out of um, October at 5-3, and three, let's say, you know, you lose to Alabama, Auburn, and one of the schools from Texas, November sets up pretty nice. You get Coastal Carolina, Mississippi State, Missouri at home. You're at LSU. You know, you, you can end the season on a high note. But, yeah, if you lose the state question to Arkansas, the people had it in Nebraska. And we saw how that played out just because the fan base in Nebraska has got a little more pressure because of the championships they won in the 90s. Uh, but at some point you got to wonder, uh, is the Arkansas fan base satisfied with winning eight, nine games with under Bobby Petrino – you know, they were winning 10, 11 games. They were going to BCS Bowl games. Yeah. You know, maybe they're not winning the conference because Alabama and Auburn are doing it, but, you know, they they were they were competing. So, at what point do the fans say they're sick of it? And that, that's what I'm interested in finding out. Well, well, Jonathan, we hear Gus Malzahn get beat up a lot, Kevin Sumlin, Butch Jones. Why not Brett Bielema? I mean, the guys just sitting over there, six and six, making a ton of money every year. I mean, at least Gus Malzahn has won a championship. At least he's played and almost won another championship. At least he's got a, you know, it, I mean, I, the thing about Auburn is such is feast or famine, really. You know, last mm-hmm. year was the first year they were, I actually remember they were actually a real good team that was actually 8-4, and four, I think they, they finished. But usually it's either 
six and six, five and seven, or undefeated. So, I mean, I know Gus gets a lot of pressure. Is it just the expectations that Arkansas aren't there? Because just like you said about Petrino, I mean, he those guys were dangerous when he was there. Yes, they would never beat Alabama. They couldn't do that. But they were in every game they played because of the offensive mind. And, and, and you know what? I thought Bielema would make the defense better. They're worse today than they were back with Petrino, Jonathan. Right. I mean, I think there's higher expectations at Auburn uh, because, you know, you share the state with a team that's won five of the five titles since 07. Um, or since, you know, since your coach showed up in 07, you've won five national championships. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be some pressure put on that. Um, just like there is at LSU, Tennessee, another main rival. Uh, someone, because there's so much so fast, especially with Johnny Mandel, uh, you know, in Texas a everything more outside. Whereas with Arkansas, you know, when's the last time really you're like that's a national power? Uh, you know, maybe I don't, you know, it wasn't the old days. It was back in the, the, the Southwestern Conference days, right? Uh, when their rivals were, you know, yeah. Texas and, and Baylor. Um, so I think expectations are just a little bit lower. I, you know, I don't think they ramp, ramp up the pressure as much. They're not worried about comparing themselves to Saban. And that's why it's kind of nice to coach there, because you're a coach in the SEC. You're going to be in a decent area for recruiting, but at the same time, the administration and the fans aren't going to, you know, aren't just sitting there on your neck just applying the pressure that you need to win, win, win. You can actually take some time and build something. But you're right. At what point are you done building, and we're finally going to put something on the field? Um, and that's that, that's my only thing. You know, I don't. Melzahn would not face as much pressure as he does if he was in Arkansas. I guarantee you that. Whoever the head coach at Auburn is, is going to feel a lot of pressure whenever Alabama's doing good. So is the coach at Georgia because it's right next door. And, or, you know, that's when Florida's doing well. You're going to feel pressure at Georgia. Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, like, you're just going to feel those pressures. Who's Arkansas's rival in the SEC? LSU? Like, LSU hasn't really been that good since 07. Um like, I mean, I guess 2011, yeah, they got there. But, you know, after that, they've kind of just been good enough to win nine games. Just like Arkansas is good enough to win eight. Yeah, but yeah, but let's be honest. That LSU team in 11 wasn't that great. I mean, offensively, they were a train wreck. I mean, they were – Well, Bama wasn't that good offensively either. I mean, no, that well, was a year of defense. Were, but, no doubt about it. Well, I'll tell you this, though, about someone real quick. So before we get off the SEC, I think his his life depends on Texas and Tom Herman. Do if Texas is ten and two or winning the Big Twelve, and A and M comes in at seven and five, six and six, he's gone. I, I mean, I really do believe that because Tom Herman's putting enough enough pressure in the state of Texas. A and M thinks that that was their state. So if Texas starts right. getting better, even they're in a different conference, I think. Someone better watch out. I think for someone to keep his job, he has at least won nine football games this year. Not seven and five, not eight and four. He has to go nine and three, Jonathan, or it's over. Because I was going to ask you, if A&M goes eight and four, but Texas goes six and six, does he keep, keep his job? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. If the price of oil yeah, wasn't so. so See, I don't know about that. See, if the price of oil wasn't so low – uh, and A&M boosters had more money, and he would have been bought out two years ago. I mean, his buyout's just been too high. Uh, that, that, that's been the, the, the rumor around Sumlin, is that his buyout's just been too high for them to can him. I mean, 
I think someone, like you said, I think he has to win nine, ten games. Uh, you know, I think that's his floor. Um, and he's got to avoid the late-season meltdown. He's got to avoid that September blow-up. Because if they're 8-0 if, if running into November, I mean, if they're 8-0 running November and finish 9-3, forget about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's how yeah. you finish, too, right? I've never seen a coach get – like a rock star status, and two. How long has he been coaching? He's he's won two games that were actually uh, one was good, but they, people act like because he beat South Carolina that they were Heisman Trophy candidate, the yeah. national champion, and then they yep. beat Alabama. I mean, it was like Johnny Manziel was a clown on the field. It was like a circus, and and you know they won, but that that Alabama game put him into a rock star status, and all of a sudden he's been overrated ever since. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Sumlin's not a great coach. He's a good recruiter, but he's not a great football coach. So I think this is probably going to be his last year. I agree. I, I do. I, I, I honestly, as, unless this team, um, you know, can, I mean, if they can, I think he's got to win 10. I firmly believe it. He's got to win 10. I mean, this is a team that's never beaten LSU. you got to go there at the end of the year, right? you got to play Auburn. you got to play Alabama. You get, you get both at home, but those are still probably the two best teams in the conference. you got to go to Florida after you play Alabama. Uh, you got the game against Arkansas and Arlington. you got to go to UCLA. Like, hey, the schedule does not do him any favors. I feel like he's got to win 10 games to keep his job. I really do. He's got to win 10. Not nice. Because 10 puts them in contention for a New Year's Six Bowl, right? You know, they can be the SEC representative at one of those bowl games. Um, whereas 9, you know, congratulations, you're going back to the Texas Bowl. Nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's got to win 10 games. Um, you know, if you told me that he, the two teams he lost were Alabama and Auburn, but he finally beat LSU, I think he keeps his job. I really do. That's it, though. No nine and three. Yeah, it's so hard firing a coach, especially one that can recruit. But again, you've got to be able to finish. And every year they hit him six and zero, seven and zero, number top five in the country, and then they just crumble. But I think Chavis's defense will help them out a little bit. But what I'm worried about with A and M is just just the day to day, the quarterback play. I mean, they used to have the great offenses. But I think as time goes on, people figure you out a little bit. So I don't think someone's a mystery anymore. You look at that team, I mean, they're breaking in a, a new quarterback, really. I mean, they're breaking in a, a new running back, I believe, that's going to start. All their receivers just about are gone. A couple of positions on the offensive line. I mean, the defense is returning six starters, but still, you, I mean, just, just think about who they're losing. How do you replace um, – the guy they lost, what's his name? I'm sorry, I'm missing it. Miles Garrett. Yeah, how do you replace that? I'm sorry. Uh, it's just unbelievable. People don't realize how don't hard know. it is to replace players like this, Jonathan. It's like Clemson replacing Watson. A&M's already a struggling defense. He made them okay. So a 3-5 and five SEC team loses him. How do they recover from that? Oh... Uh... Uh, hopefully they get another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, 
it, it, it's tough, you know, because you lost Miles Garrett. And Dan, I mean, you're going to have a new receiving core around Christian Kirk. You're going to have a new defensive line that you're breaking in. I mean, it's going to be very tough for A&M uh, this year. I, you know, you get a new quarterback, your starting quarterback's gone, and all your backups that were in line for it are gone as well. So who's the starting quarterback at A&M? I mean, that's – you you know, losing Miles okay. Garrett is obviously an issue, but – yeah, that Cubanac? Yeah. I mean, Cubanac. Like, uh-oh. Someone, that's really, I think that's I really heard, scary. I just, yeah, I think I heard someone just update his resume to a recently uh, fired coach. Yeah, let's not forget that A&M this year on the east side, they have to go to Florida, and that's in between a sandwich game of Bama and Mississippi State, and they play, they host South Carolina, so that's not easy. South Carolina will be improved this year with Muschamp and the, the sophomore quarterback now. But, you know, at Ole Miss, at LSU at the end of the season, those are two huge games that A&M by this time, and I don't want to talk about them all night, but it's a very interesting team in a coaching situation. So you you look at the first – you look at September. I mean, you, at UCLA, I think that's a loss. They play Arkansas on a neutral site. That's a toss-up. They play South Carolina at home. I think they'll win that one. But October, like you mentioned, Alabama, at Florida, Mississippi State, they have a bye week in October. But then that November, man, three of your four games, Auburn, at Ole Miss, and at LSU, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not very good. And you got four tough road games, at UCLA, at Florida, at Ole Miss, and at LSU. That's nice. That's, that's three out of four he's losing there at least. He may he may mm-hmm. be Ole Miss, may, maybe. Maybe Florida. Maybe Florida. I mean, the Mississippi schools seem to be a script tonight, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I look at the Florida-UCLA game, and it's not really how good is A&M, but how bad are the other two teams going to be? Granted, I think Florida and A&M, you could probably put on the same same level for next year. But, like, UCLA, they're – well, they ain't good, yep. Joe. <laughs> I mean, the only thing hey, I'm, I'm that – what? What was that? I was say the only advantage UCLA has is that the game's in California. That's it. Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad Auburn plays them in November, and plus Auburn's perfect on the road. The road team has won every game in this series since since they they joined the SEC. That's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, two huge oh, home not. field advantages just got flipped around. I mean, I remember Auburn beating them there in, in uh, 2013. Beat them there in, in 2015 like a dog, but I mean they came in and ruined Auburn's season in 14 at home. Auburn was like a 20 point favorite over A and M and lost, and then they got yeah. 63 put on them. Or was it 70? They may have gotten 70 put on them a few years ago. Uh, Auburn may have. I don't know, but again, A and M's that team that it's it's going to be how they do down the stretch, and it's also going to be how they do, how Texas performs. But if they lose that first game of the season to UCLA, ah, man, I, I just don't know how this team will respond. I, I really don't. Right, I, don't, I agree. I, I agree 100% with you on that. Um, very it, – it, it, SEC, as, as usual, being an interesting conference, but I think the more we talk about it, the more we realize – it might not actually be the best conference top to bottom um, like it used to be. 
So it, it is. It seems, it seems like, oh, look, we've got a group of teams. I mean, and then you got, oh, well, these all these teams are average. It's just a couple of them are a little better than average compared to, you know, that's how the SEC East is decided. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I think, it's, I think yep. it's interesting how this conference, where it used to be, wow, this is eight teams deep, you don't want to play them no more. And, uh, you're like, that's ah, probably three teams deep, and they're all in the SEC West. Yeah, I think the quarterback situation in the SEC will improve this year. They have a lot of freshmen, and with Stidham coming back or coming to Auburn, I think he's going to give them a bump. But you look at Missouri, Drew Locke, he's a stud. Kentucky's got a, a decent quarterback. I mean, you look at Florida, they're supposed to have the transfer from Notre Dame, Georgia, with uh, Jacob Eason. You know, you know, South Carolina, I already said, with Bentley. But Tennessee, that John Kelly, or excuse me, Quentin Dormandy and and Guarantino, whatever his name is, Quentin Tarantino. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, I think, is an overrated quarterback. I, I just really don't think he's as, as good as what people think. But Arkansas's quarterback situation is pretty good. LSU, they don't have a quarterback. But Ole Miss has a good one in Shea Patterson. Mississippi State, oh, yeah. Fitzgerald. I mean, it, I mean, it's a lot more quarterbacks this year than last year, I think. That's why the SEC, you know, struggled. Is the ACC better – than the SEC, I don't think so. I mean, not if you look at the last ten years. Last year, yeah, you could probably say the SEC, the ACC was better because they had Clemson, Florida State, Louisville. They had some real good teams in there this year. With Clemson losing what they did, and we're going to talk about the ACC tonight. That little division the Florida State Seminoles reside in, the toughest division. It's like the SEC West is impossible. The bit that Big Ten, whatever the division, I can't remember it. Uh, East with Ohio State, yeah, the East. And why? Why, why is the, the three best conferences in football? Why do they have all the teams stacked up in the division? One division. That's that's just stupid. Well, the SEC West is at least geographic to a point. I mean, you know, you've heard the argument, and I'm pretty, you know, that's been kicked around. Maybe Auburn and Missouri should probably be flipped, and if you do that, you should go to a nine-team. Uh, conference schedule that way your um, your your rivalries can stay intact, but nobody wants to do that. Well, anyways, um, the ACC Atlantic, I, I, of course, of course, they wants to go to a nine game makes non conference that much easier. I uh, don't have to worry about scheduling, yeah. you know, three cupcakes because you're always going to play one big boy every <laughs> year. You know, so I don't worry about scheduling three cupcakes. We've got to schedule two. I mean. Life just got easy. But, I mean, in the ACC, I can't explain to you why those divisions are the way they are. It makes no sense to me. Um, it's not geographic. I mean, I've, I've I've done it before with how I say the divisions should go, and I've looked at it and been like, I'm okay with this, and then I realize it's, it's never going to happen uh, because somebody's an idiot along the way. The Big Ten, they did go mm-hmm. geographic, and – and it just so happens that teams in Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania um, have better access to recruits than teams in Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah. But if I was in the – and we'll talk about your ACC tonight, but I would put Clemson from the Atlantic to the Coastal. I would put Miami from the Coastal to the Atlantic. I would have Florida State and Miami in the same division. That would – I think, to me, that would really balance it out. I don't know your thoughts on that, but – you know, Miami and Florida State, they are their rival. They'll play each other one time, and that's it. 
the Clemson, you, you want to play them in the regular season, but wouldn't you love to see an ACC championship game for all the marbles between a a 12 and 0 Florida State team and an 11 and 1 Clemson team? Wouldn't that be just amazing? But now you have to play Florida State versus Virginia Tech or Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Nobody wants to see that garbage. But I want to watch December first week of December. I want to see. I want to see the the blue bloods playing each other and in, in games that matter. So if you win that game, Jonathan, you're in the playoff. Really, that's what it should mean almost. That that's why Georgia Tech making it doesn't matter. If they win, they just screw the ACC. But if Clemson makes it, Florida State, the winner of that game's going probably four times in nine. Yeah, that's why there's always been a claim from the coastal teams that uh, the officiating is always kind of biased towards the Atlantic team because the Atlantic team is usually the one that's vying for um, championship bid. Uh, but, I mean, I, I've kicked around a geographic north and south version, and I've also kicked around a um, uh, the original seven that it is now. It used to be eight, but there's this school in the state of Maryland. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They decided to leave the conference so they can go get their heads kicked in by Ohio State instead. You know, Jameis Winston beat them so bad that they actually they ran away from the conference. But um, uh, put the original seven. You know, the four North, the four North Carolina schools. Um, uh, the four original, the four North Carolinas, Virginia, Clemson. Actually, I think it's six, and then plus Georgia Tech, and then essentially the Big East plus Florida State on the other half. I, I've kicked that one around, um, you know, because e- even the matchups that we have now, because you know, we've created robberies, that would still work. And you still have Florida State Miami on one side. You could guarantee you still have Florida State Clemson every year if you wanted. Um, you know, the Big East rivals are all together. I mean, yeah, you know, the geographic, it, what I would like more because – Boston College and Syracuse have kind of stretched this conference out, so it'd be nice to have a North and South. But if you did North and South, what you'd wind up with, and I kid you not, uh, is Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and um, to probably make it work, you might wind up with, like, Louisville. Uh, it, it, It would not be fun. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because then the, all of a sudden the South is dominating the North with Miami and Florida State and Georgia Tech and Clemson. That's probably your core, that's your core four all of a sudden. Um, so they tried to balance it out. Because you got to remember when this was done, Boston College and Virginia Tech were the two top dogs in the conference. You know, and they figured they would get Florida State and Miami in the conference championship every year. But somebody has decided that they're going to boycott it, apparently. Yeah, we'll talk about the the ACC in just a few minutes. Quinn, I see you on there now. We'll bring you right in in just a second. Can you hear us, buddy? Can hear you. Okay. Uh, Quinn has joined us. Quinn Thomas, big Notre Dame homer, will be with us tonight to to talk some football. But before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the ACC, let's flip over real quick to the NBA. Oh, James Harden, man. Jonathan, James Harden. Signed a what a two hundred twenty-eight million dollar deal. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, four years for two hundred twenty-eight million, nonetheless. Uh, or the rocket smoke pink. Um, his MVP runner-up award. Uh, who cares about runner-up? That's a first loser. 
Nobody uh, cares about a runner-up of the MVP. Yeah, I the mean... The guy can't play defense. It, no, he cannot. You still, You're right. Man, He's still one of the best that. players in the league. Uh... I mean, yeah, I mean, he's one of, but he's not, he's not a game changer. He's not going to ever win a championship. So, I, I mean, mean, he's a, he's a good number two somewhere. He needs a, he needs a great player with him or, or a few more. I mean, that's just, here comes I don't Chris know. Paul. I just don't like the guy. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I like Chris Paul, but it's not enough. No, no. It's, it's, it's not. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I guess the question is, would you rather have James Harden or LeBron? LeBron. James Harden or Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi. James or Durant? Durant. James or, uh, uh, you know, Harden or Westbrook? Westbrook. Um, Harden or Curry? Probably Curry. Harden mm-hmm. or um, Paul George? I'm taking Paul George. Harden I'm taking Harden. Why? Why do you take Harden or Paul George? I think yeah, so uh, I think right now Harden's Harden's the better player. I think he can make more of a no. difference than Paul George. But what don't you think what George can do on defense makes up for the six points a game and difference in offense? It might. I mean, because that's yeah, Harden, just how I Harden look has at some it. Energy to score because he hasn't guarded he hasn't guarded anyone. <laughs> In years, I mean, he, he's never even played defense. I, I mean, because in all honesty, and actually, in all honesty, Harden and Steph are very similar players, or at least, all right, let me put it, Harden and Kyrie definitely are very similar players. Offensively, great, no doubt about it. I would say Harden's better than Kyrie, but you know, anyways, both of them are great offensively. Defensively, they check out, you know, and to me, that's an issue. You know, I would rather take, you know, somebody who averages 25, 5, and 5 and also plays good defense uh, over somebody who averages, you know, 32, 8, and 9, but I'm not going to get any defense out of them. You know, I, I have to put them on, you know, who, your, your, your Tony Allens of the world because, you know, Tony's the exact opposite of James uh, uh, Harden. So, I mean, yeah, I, I understand. And he fits D'Antoni's system perfectly. So, I mean, hopefully they told D'Antoni that this extension also is a commitment to him because he's bringing a new coach. Uh, we've seen the issues that Harden's had with, with the previous administration and how they, their offense ran. He seems like the D'Antoni offense. They played like really well under it. That's what they built the team to be. And now you're going to have him and Chris Paul together. I think this is uh, uh, going to be an interesting And it's going to be interesting to see this because could James Harden help bring D'Antoni the championship that has just eluded him? You know, when you look at his time in Phoenix, he came so close to Steve Nash, and, you know, it seems like Harden is his Steve Nash again. I'm very interested, you know, because I want D'Antoni to win one. I always thought he was a fun coach. Yeah, what if Melo comes to the Rockets? That's the new rumor about the free agency. I just still don't think it's enough. I mean, Melo, to me, is not a very good player. I don't think he's that great. I don't think Harden's that great. And if you put Chris Paul there, I mean, who's going to – how's Melo going to get his touches? How's Harden going to get his touches with Chris Paul there? Right. I just don't know about the chemistry issue. I think that Quinn, I think there's going to be some chemistry issues at Houston. 
There might be. And, well, Mello's out of his prime now, so... But Mello's going to be probably a Hall of Famer, so... But, yeah, Mello doesn't play defense either. So you... Right. So then you'd have two guys that don't play defense. And three ball-dominant players. Like, ah, that would be a horrible mix. I, I, I agree with both of you guys. Yeah. Well, I look at Golden State, and one thing that impresses me... Yeah, superstars on that team, and those guys could care less about their stats. They they would rather win than than worry about who's touching the ball. I don't think there's many other teams that could do that. San Antonio seems like the type of personality a team that could do that. But tell me, Jonathan, I mean, does that not impress you what Golden State can do? I mean, these guys all they care about is winning. If as long as if you put winning first and put your selfish wants and needs behind. I mean, how how are you going to beat this team? I don't see you can build the super team all you want. You want you won't find players with that much character besides that other thug that plays on their team there that I hate. But that's a that's a team that really I mean, they do give a damn about each other. That's I don't see that much in the NBA. I mean, you got to draft really well, there's no doubt about that. Uh you know, you look at uh you know, somebody's at Clay's top. Somebody asked Clay Thompson recently about, you know, him leaving and taking, you know, having his own team. And he's like, hmm, winning means more to me than money and, and having my own. He's like, I'm part, we're part of a good group here. We're all buddies. We're winning. Um, you know, we all make a bunch of money anyways. And he's like, you know, why, why would I want to leave this? And I, I think that's genius, you know, especially considering Clay, Draymond, and Steph, you know, if you will, they all grew up together. And, you know, they're all homegrown. They're all drafted, you know, very close to each other as far as timeline. Um, you know, I mean, you saw Steph when his numbers dipped and everybody's like, what's going on? And you, know, you could see he was trying to get Durant more involved in the offense to help, you know, break him in, you know, break him in for the chemistry. You know, Draymond does it. You know, Durant, the reason why Golden State rolled the way they did in the playoffs was because Durant had finally figured out how to work into that offense. Or, you know, because the offense they run in Golden State is completely different from what they run in uh, Oklahoma City. So I, let, let's just hear next three to five years, nobody, and I mean nobody, is touching Golden State. Unless, let me put, let me, let me put a qualifier in there. Injur- all right, injuries and, um, you know, Philly – hasn't drafted a group of guys that people have said uh, are three, at least three great players, two very good ones, Asaris and Covington. If Philly has can develop and keep those guys healthy, that might be the only team that competes with them. I mean, Boston has, you know, done what they've done with the draft because of uh, the next pick. But I you know, I don't know if they can compete on the same level um, as Philly can. Just from the I mean, technically Boston should be able to with Golden State. But I mean, if Philly's healthy and they all develop into what they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. Philly could be trouble. Yeah, we'll see. I, I agree. I mean, I just don't see anybody, and I think that's why LeBron just stepped back this year, and he's gonna win the East again, maybe, maybe not. I think Boston will probably win the East this year. And then 
Uh, but I don't think they'll win the – I think they'll win it in the regular season like they did this year. But I think next year LeBron's going to go out west, and you may see you may see Paul George, LeBron in, in a Lakers uniform with a couple more additions. But, I mean, we'll see. The NBA is getting interesting, guys. I mean, it's, it's fun because think about this. On this show, we never talk about NBA. How much have we talked about NBA, Quinn, in the last ten shows that we've had? Probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Don't With it just the NBA, I don't, I don't really find fun. And then with the, with the Bulls' stupid front office and making all these dumb moves. Uh, oh, they're terrible. It's just taking oh, the fun out of it for me. Yeah. How many games do you think the Bulls will win next year? Thirty. Their best player is a 35-year-old Dwayne Wade right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's their best player. Yeah. Wow. Um, And I don't even think he wants to be there. I think he just opted in for the money. So, yeah. I wish I could play one year in the NBA. Yeah, right? For him, it's all about the money at this point. Since he took all those pay cuts to to get LeBron and uh, Fox. Oh and yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm that, sure he took a pay baby. cut for Shaq. That put, he didn't take no pay cut for Shaq. Like he was a rookie. Did he not? No, 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 no. He was playing out his rookie deal, okay. and then uh, Shaq was gone. Um, and when he got to, and he re-upped at least once and got a good, and got max. Um, I think he actually did the short-term max like LeBron did back then. Remember they did that like that one, that weird one and one that scared everybody, uh, just so they all be in the same timeline. But I know, I mean, Wade, well, Wade took less by making like eighteen, nineteen million a year instead of twenty-one. Like, let's can, can we just put that into perspective? Please, like he took two, he made nineteen million dollars and talked about taking less, bro. <laughs> you took five percent less, five percent of, of twenty-one million. That's what you chopped off your line, and you want to complain about making? You make more in your shoe deal. That I mean, your wife makes more in her year of movies than you do on your contract. And you want to talk about how you took two and a half less to win a race. Like, to win two races. That's what you did. Like, but that's not to play about it. You sacrificed money for championships. You sold your soul for two rings. Here's how you sold. No, no, no. You sold two and a half. You, you paid, what did you pay? Six, seven, that's the seven. Yeah, seven and a half, eight million dollars for two championships. That's what you did. That's what you gave up the money for. You didn't take less because of the goodness of your heart. You took less for two rings and four final trips. I'm so sick of that crap. Like, basketball players think that $19 million ain't enough money. Like, really? Really? Come on. Well, they want to be getting up to the billion-dollar contracts. Did you see what LeBron said after Steph got that five-year $200 million? He said that stuff should have yeah. got four hundred million dollars. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Steph's bringing in four hundred million 
what, yeah, what, what was it? It was two, whatever. $400 million over, what, five years? Sure. Yeah, so Steph's bringing in $80 million a year that. by himself. He's bringing $80 million a <laughs> nope. year by himself. And they go, no. Nobody. No way. That. I mean, these guys I mean, are way overpaid. I mean, you think about it. The best athletes in the world are NFL, and they don't make as much as the NBA. I don't understand it. I mean, the NBA is – 53-man roster. Well, well but the I mean, I'm just saying, smart. Yeah, but you just NBA the fans are stupid. If you if you look at the NBA, most fans are just retarded, and that's the honest truth. I mean, they throw money at shoes. They they want to go buy a jersey. You see grown men wearing basketball jerseys around. Bunch of punks. I mean, because here's my thing, right? Basketball players want forty some like the last year of James Harden's contract. I think he's going to be pulling in like forty three million. But I think think about that, right? He's going to be pulling in like forty three. He's going to make five over five hundred thousand dollars a game the last year of that contract. A game, right? Okay, okay. And he's doing what? I mean, really, he's doing what? He's playing. He's playing. He's like really. it, it, It blows. Yeah. Right. It blows my mind that they pay so much. And the NBA thinks that they're going to overtake the NFL at some point when they don't realize that by creating this three years in a row, we've seen what everybody, you know, at least two years in a row, we've predicted the finals. These two teams are going to play each other. We already know it. And this year, we all knew what was going to happen. We knew Golden State was going to dust Cleveland in the finals. You, could, you go back to uh, last July, and everybody called it. Uh, you know, so the the league is in a state of which there's no parity. So unless you're a fan of LeBron James or Golden State, the season's already over. Like, I stopped watching pro ball. I'm a Magic fan. Like, the minute we traded Dwight Howard, it was done. We were never going to be good again. And it wasn't for the fact that we can't rebuild something. It's for the fact that LeBron went to Miami and created a dynasty, you know, tried to create a dynasty, both before it could become a dynasty, and now Golden State is creating a dynasty. Like, why Why is it yeah. fun to watch the NBA? Why do, Why am I going to waste my time and watch 82 Magic games when at the end, at the end of the year we know it doesn't matter? It does, unless you're a LeBron James or a Warriors fan, the season doesn't matter. The playoffs don't matter. I don't get it. Yeah, if you it's look at the NFL, sport. man, you can't. You could sit here. All three of us could go through right now, pick the Super Bowl. Maybe one of us would probably get a team in there. Maybe just if we all pick the Patriots or something. But I mean, I don't right. think the Patriots will make it this year. But what we're saying is, it's interesting. I mean, you don't know. We didn't know the Falcons were going to make a Super Bowl last year. We didn't know Carolina oh, no. was going to suck. We didn't. We nope. didn't know all this stuff. And every year, the playoffs mean something. I mean, it's it's like you're you know one versus eight in the NBA was a four game, maybe five games. Like Cleveland threw the the game to who was it that beat them? They beat them by fifty every time, but then they come back to Boston. Cleveland and and lose. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. Hey, really. You're, you're 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 hold on. Let me get this right. You're losing by fifty, sixty points. Now you're studs out of the game. Now you're going to Cleveland. Now you're going to win. Really? I mean, this it's so it's like wrestling. It's fake. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what the NBA has lowered themselves to. College football, we could go right now and name four teams, and we may get one right. Maybe we may get one right. 
and 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 usually people jump on Alabama's bandwagon and maybe get one. But Quinn, I mean, I could I'm gonna go ahead and tell you next year, it's gonna be Cleveland and Golden State in the finals. You wanna bet money on that? You're probably right. <laughs> and maybe just maybe Boston gets in there and plays Golden State, but it's gonna be the same result. Cleveland gets in. Boston gets in as a four-game or a five-game series. That's it. Probably four games now, right, Jonathan, since Kevin Durant will be more settled into the role at Golden State. I mean, they'll, be, they'll get even better. I got a question. Better. Does Golden What's State that? win 75 games next year? No, I think I think you get kind of com- complacent a little bit. I think that's, that's what people kind of over-exaggerate. Because I think, you know, I think last year they talked about with a full roster, they they didn't lose since, what, January when they when they had their regular five starters out there, the big four in. But I just think right. next year they'll lose some on purpose because they just don't care. They'll be resting people. Uh, well, I think they'll lose 10 or 15 ball games. Let's say they start the year 15-0. and Because here's my thing. I thought, you know, because the NBA season is very long. I, I, I believe that it, you know, same with hockey, which is also 82 games. I believe they should be shortened about 40. I think it's more entertaining that way, the compacted season. Uh, you know, why do people, why is the NFL such a great draw? You got 16 games a year. College football, you got 12. You know, the, the less games, the more, yeah, anyways. So, just like NASCAR is probably yeah. half their race schedule. But, um, if, if Golden State starts, once well, they start the year, they won 73 games, 25 and At what point, because they started like 25, 26, 27 and 0, I think until they lose a game, they're not going to feel the complacency. You know what I mean? I mean, could Golden State start next year 42 and 0, and we're sitting there going, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God, and at the same time, I'm not surprised. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, because I, I think that's you know the complacency won't set in until go until they lose the game. They're gonna be like, all right, we'll lose one every two weeks. And at the same time, who's gonna beat them? I mean, I know you gotta look at the schedule, but all you're gonna do is look for that second game of a back-to-back on the road. That's what you're gonna predict to be a loss if they lose a game. Like that's the amazing, you know, and you know exactly what the strategy is next year. Vegas is going to set every line for them at double digits, except for when they're at San Antonio, at Houston, at Cleveland. Those lines are going to be like five. They're still going to be favored. They're going to be favored in all 82 games next year, unless they sit everybody, which they might. Um, I mean, why do I care? Gold State's going to win the finals next year. Why do I care? Can anybody tell me why I should care? Yeah, well, well, the thing is, is I don't think they're gonna chase the record. If the record comes to them naturally, then it, then it will. Which I think it could come to them naturally, but I don't think they're gonna go really chasing for it like they did two years ago. Makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. But Jonathan's right. Why are we watching? If you're a fan, I mean, why are you gonna sit around and watch NBA basketball? I mean, if you can't win a championship or if the game doesn't mean anything, it's hard for me to watch it unless it's Auburn or something, and I'm going to watch every game in college football. You know, it doesn't matter if they're 0-11. I'm still watching every game. It doesn't matter. But if you're just an NBA fan, you don't have that, you know, you don't have that team that you look for, that you root for. How are you just going to sit and watch it? I just – I don't know. I don't know. But, Jonathan, you're right about the parity. 
college football has parity for the most part. NFL has parity. The best for us, college basketball has parity. But this NBA crap is just, I'm over it. But it's fun to talk about. It's fun to see the, I, I enjoy free agency more than I do the, the, the whole entire season of the NBA. Yep. I mean, that's what I like to see, yeah. the draft and the free agency. That's it. I don't really care. I mean, I, I know the NBA is trying to, you know, with the with the little punk out of UCLA there and his daddy coming to the Lakers, they're trying to make a name for themselves, get themselves back in the media. But, again, it's not going to translate to wins. That's the only thing. You'll be in the media a lot, but you won't be winning. So it's Golden State, and it's either Cleveland or Boston. But I don't think Boston did enough to beat Cleveland. Unless Cleveland has some injuries and gets older, they're going to be – in the finals, so enough NBA talk. This is football season. We're in July now. I mean, the first and tell me if I'm wrong. The first football game for college is the last week of August, right? Or maybe even before yeah. that. I saw a schedule where 26. they were like August 24, 26. Okay, and yep. that's on a what a Thursday? A Saturday. No, they're Saturdays. It's uh. Everybody who plays uh, Hawaii gets the they get the opportunity if they wish to play uh, the start their season a week earlier, so they have another bye week because of the travel consisting with Hawaii. Um, and then Stanford and Rice are playing each other in Australia, so they get a bye week after that game. Why do you do that? Why does Stanford and Rice go to Australia to play? Because they have the money. Why not? Uh, it just takes away from football. It takes away from being no, it doesn't. Campus. Stop. It Stop. does too. It takes away from Why? the games, no, man. Nobody. Yes, it does. I mean, if I'm a college football fan at Stanford and I have to go, I'm not going to Australia to watch a damn football game. I mean, if I, I want to be on money campus. And want I want a vacation. To... I just think it's stupid. It's like Notre Dame playing in Ireland. That's just like. It starts the week. It starts the year a week early, so I'm not upset one bit because you know you're going to watch it, and you know I'm going to watch it, and we're going to talk about it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. And then, and Sunday after, we're going to talk about how we watched Stanford beat the crap out of Rice and how amazing it was to see football players on the field. I uh, know. I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm. Hey, yeah, exactly. I'm not grappling about. When they're starting, I do. I don't like the. Yeah, I just don't like that. But if Auburn, if I knew next year they were opening up in India playing somebody, I'd be pissed because I'm not going to India or somewhere to watch a football game and ride a donkey in the town. To, to you'd you do it. Yeah. You'd go, and you know it. Nah, I don't <laughs> think I could afford that. Oh, but well. I mean, you know, well, it's, it's college football right? time, guys. Man, it's college football time, guys. Think about yep. it. I mean, let's let me get the schedule. Let me get the calendar out here. I'm just I'm like a little kid at Christmas almost. So we got we got to go through the dog days of summer. We got this week, next week. So we got three weeks left in July, really. So we got to get through that. Then we got four, five, six, seven weeks. So it's six weeks, and then on that seventh week, we're going to be heading into the college football, guys. Can you believe it? The longest off season ever. 
Let me see. Let me see. I've got one more payday, two paydays, three paydays, four more paydays, and college football's here. I've been off work for a week, guys. I've been off work just about a week, it seems like, and my son's sick. Friday threw up ten times on me. That damn daycare gets him sick all the time. But I was just sitting there thinking, you know what? In a few weeks, I'm going to be sitting with my son watching football. And I'm just I'm excited about it. I'm excited oh, yeah. about it. Going to Clemson. I'm going to Clemson game. Uh, I'm going to be there too. Clemson, Auburn Clemson. Oh, good. Well, well, Quinn. Hopefully, we can meet up. Yeah, my my sister's boyfriend went to school there, so I'm huh. going. Okay. Well, I'm going with here's him, the deal. Quinn, him and Quinn, my sister. You'd, you'd, you'd go anyway, man. You wouldn't. It doesn't matter if your sister's pimp or whatever he is. It goes to that school. <laughs> you would still go. They invited me to you. go, so I'm like, I'm not passing that up. Let's see. August 26th, Saturday, August 26th, we've got Colorado State and Oregon State. That'll be a great one. Hawaii, UMass. That'll be a great one. South Florida, <laughs> San Jose. Can't miss it. Yep. Stanford Rice yep. will not miss it. Nope. I mean, that'll be four games right there. They're spread out for the most part. It'll be a great preseason kind of game. And then the next Thursday night. What do you mean? Getting emotional here. Getting emotional. Thinking I about know. It. I know. It's just like choking <laughs> up over here. What was the game Ohio last year? Ohio State travels to- what was the Australia? Hey, remember the Australia game? It was Cal and somebody. Huh. Wasn't it Cal? Oh, Cal and... Nevada or something? Mm-hmm. Was it, Cal- it, was, it was Cal and Hawaii. Was it was Cal and Hawaii. It was. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And Cal, Cal, God, that game was... Davis went through for six touchdowns and everyone... Oh. So the new quarterback's better than Jared Goff, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the season really doesn't yeah. start, though, until Ohio State goes to Indiana on a Thursday night. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? The first week, I don't care uh, that all the games are not as great. There's some great games on that first week, enough to get you through. Michigan, Florida, Florida State, Bama, I mean, that right there is enough to put on your plate. You don't want to overdose on the first week. UCLA, A&M, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, BYU, LSU, baby. I mean, it's just it goes West on Virginia. And on. There's a lot Virgin- of oh yeah, you said that. Never mind. <laughs> you you Auburn, said what Georgia I was Southern. about to say. I mean, Appalachian State, Georgia. Yeah, UTEP, Oklahoma, North Carolina State, South Carolina. I mean, we're just going to have some fun that first week. Um, it's going to be amazing to watch college football come back. We'll see how good those Auburn Tigers are. Georgia Southern is going to give them hell. I don't know how Auburn's favored 35. But let's let's get to the real conference right now, the ACC. Not, not conference. <laughs> let's go to the real division, the ACC Atlantic, that we said we are going to talk about tonight. Let's just say it's a four-team race. For the, let's just – for giggles, right, guys? I mean, Wake Forest sucks, Syracuse sucks, and Boston College sucks. Can we all agree on yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, early, maybe one of them goes bowling just because they get to play each other and they suck. Actually, 
Syracuse's offense is fun. Watch that. Wait, yeah, wait, wait for us to go to the bowl game, right? But Syracuse's offense is fun. They got a fun quarterback in Dungy. Watch them when you're when you got nothing else to watch. If you can. Um, Boston College always has a good defense. So if you like good defense, watch that. If you can take Syracuse offense and Boston College defense and put them together, that's a ten-win team. Of heart, they probably both win five. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be, and I do think the only team in this division that will be in the playoffs, if there is, will be Florida State. I do not think that Clemson will, if they win the ACC this year, I don't think it'll be with less than two losses. I think, you know, if Clemson gets in there, they'll be 10-2. and They won't make the playoff, I don't think, unless they make a late-season push and they get better. Um, And maybe I'm wrong. Let's talk about the biggest games in the ACC in this. Yeah, Clemson-Florida State, that game is going to be amazing. And really, when is so the Louisville Florida State game is in Tallahassee this year? Correct. It was in Louisville last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's the whole key to this whole thing right here. Does Clemson play Louisville this year? I don't think they played them last year, did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Clemson Louisville is uh, week three. Oh, oh, I remember that Louisville. game. Last year, it was in Clemson, a night game, right? And Clemson came back at the yeah. end and won, correct? Yeah, and yeah. Louisville's receiver stepped out of bounds like a yard short on fourth down. Yeah. yeah. 42-36, to 36, that final was. Wow, just think, they were that close from Clemson not even making the playoff. And I think if had Louisville won that game, I think Louisville would have probably gone undefeated. But, um, you know, Hines. It's interesting, right? Because I wonder with Clemson, if they lose to Louisville or they lose to Florida State or they lose to North Carolina State, do they lose that pit game? Because they could have lost. Well, I mean, Clemson could have lost a lot of games last year, Appalachian State and Auburn. But, you know, if they had lost uh, if they lost a game to Louisville or they lost a game to NC State or Florida State, I don't know if they lose to Pittsburgh. Because that loss to Pittsburgh seemed to actually focus that team and help them figure it out. Um you know, it, it, it's it's there, and you're right though, because Louisville, it seemed like they almost gave up. Uh, they just went through the motions after that because they realized it was it was going to be an uphill battle for them to get back into the race of anything. Yeah, and if you remember, they struggled. They looked terrible against Duke after that Clemson loss. They almost lost to Virginia. They got lucky to win that one, and then they they lost to Kentucky. Man, I mean, and Houston blew them out. Once Houston blew them out, I picked Kentucky to beat Louisville. I think Kentucky beat them, and then LSU knocked them out. So my question, the team that's interesting to me in this division, it's not Florida State. I mean, I know we'll talk about them because they're they're a great football team, Louisville. What do they do, Jonathan, coming back this year, looking at their schedule, their tough road games at North Carolina, at NC State, at Florida State, at Wake Forest? Not terrible. That Florida State game is the one that I would predict a loss for Louisville. But other than that, you look at their schedule. I mean, they could be four, five, six, seven, seven and 7-0 heading into Tallahassee in October. And if they lose, I mean, they're going to beat Wake Forest, Virginia, Syracuse, and Kentucky. You're looking at an 11 and one Louisville team, possibly even losing the Florida State. What does that mean for this team, and are they capable of that, Jonathan? I mean, they only return four starters on offense, seven on defense. 
I mean, looking at Louisville, this is a team that intrigues me. It really does. Uh, But you're right. Their their schedule sets up favorably, whereas, you know, you have Purdue and Indianapolis. Who cares? They're going to smoke them, right? You're at North Carolina. North Carolina starting quarterback in the Brandon Harris. Last time we saw him, he got benched at LSU. Uh, then you get Clemson that comes to town. And look, Clemson's got a pretty darn good defense. Uh, like you said, Louisville's replacing a lot of talent offense. But Jeremy Smith's a good running back that they shared with last, uh, had a timeshare really last year. Um, they always seem to have receivers. The the big thing is going to be how the offensive line looks. You're replacing your center and the whole right side. Um, that's something that uh, you know always worries me. Uh, you know, you, that, Clemson's got a really good defense. They got a great defensive line. Maybe the best in the country. Um, the game that I circle for them is I, look, they're going to lose to Florida State. Just mark it down. Mark it down. Yeah. Go ahead. Florida State's oh my, that game, oh my God. Especially if Louisville's undefeated. If both teams are undefeated, rolling in, or Florida State's only loss is Alabama, but mark it down. That place is going to be almost, nuts. You almost killed it, yourself last year. I, I turned that game off. People forget hey, Jonathan, that they get, they Jonathan, I will tell you something interesting. I didn't. I just mm-hmm. noticed this looking at Louisville Clemson schedule. Clemson's got to travel to Louisville the week after playing Auburn with game day being there. That could be a yep. one and two start for Clemson. I mean, just right there, yeah. boom, they're out of it. Yeah, no, it's very interesting because you know you're right. There are four teams in this conference this year: the North Carolina State. And it's going to be interesting to see like what it. Ryan Finley can do. Heard whispers that North Carolina State might actually have the best defensive line in the conference. Just hush hush. And the game that I'm circling for Louisville that make that could make or break their season. That Florida State game is obviously probably the biggest game on their schedule. But the game that could make or break their season, they have to go to North Carolina State on a Thursday oh, night. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, is right. Like everybody's like, oh, who schedule? This isn't too bad. You got Murray State, and then you got to go North Carolina State. Nice game the week before. Oh wait, that game's five days later, and it's at Raleigh. And, I, and anybody can tell you that you don't want to be at Raleigh at night. It's this guy right here. I'll tell you what. With that defensive line, and with North Carolina State returning so much on an offense that. It was improving last year as a team that plays hard. I, I, I will tell you now, that's the game to circle on Louisville's schedule. And how do they do in Raleigh? If they lose that Raleigh, boy, their season could spiral quick because they got they got to go to Tallahassee two weeks later. All of a sudden, they're sitting there with two losses, looking up, going, ah, damn. You know, I mean, this is. It, this is interesting. I mean, this schedule set up nice for them, but it's that mm-hmm. game right there that you look at, you start with, you know, that is the game that's almost the size of who can go to the uh, who can do the ACC at large bit. Yeah, I think Louisville's a nine and three football team, honestly, because of their quarterback. I like their defense. Okay, um, a lot of seniors up front, a lot of seniors on that defense. I mean, I just look at a a loss like Jonathan said, Quinn. Probably at NC State will be that game that sneaks up on them. I think they'll beat Clemson early in the season. I don't. But then they lose to Florida State, and then I think they'll lose to Florida State. So that'll be two losses, and then they'll lose one between Wake Forest, Virginia, Syracuse, and Kentucky. You you don't think Louisville loses to beat Clemson? 
I I think that's Clemson's big big road game win. As I think Clemson goes to Louisville and wins that game, then I see Louisville losing to North Carolina State. I see Louisville losing to Florida State, and then I see Louisville yeah. losing to Kentucky. Yeah. So and, and, and just think if if Auburn can beat Clemson, Quinn, early in the season, you kind of if you're Auburn, you want Clemson to to beat Louisville. You want Clemson to keep winning, right? You don't want them to go in the yeah. tank, and then it takes away from that win. For sure. So, uh, what do you think, Jonathan? I mean, if you're an Auburn fan, you've got to beat Clemson, and I think they will, and they'll beat them handedly. But you got to hope Clemson kind of grows up, don't you? I mean, the quarterback position, and they can. I think they can. Kelly Bryant, do you think he's going to be the starter, or do you think they're going to start Hunter Johnson? Uh, I think that's the game where I think Auburn and Louisville are the two games where they figure out who their quarterback is for the rest of the year, to be honest with you. Um, I think it could be a slow start for Clemson, no doubt about that, because you're trying to figure out your offense. You know, does that that offense lose it, lost a lot of talent. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you bring back Hunter Renfro, Deion Kane uh, out wide. You know, Renfro in the slot, Kane out wide. Ray Ray McLeod's probably going to get the start. Uh, at the other uh, wide position, you bring that Mitch Hyatt at left tackle. I mean, he's phenomenal. You know, you bring that four stars on the offensive line. Yeah, you got to break in a new center. Uh, they had a darn good center. Um, you know, you got a new running back. <laughs> you know, I think Wayne Gallman was very underrated. New tight end, Jordan Leggett's gone. You lose a, you know, a, a, a program-altering quarterback in Deshaun Watson. You bring back a nasty defense. Um no, I think Clemson is going to get drawn here. Who's a defensive lineman for Clemson that's hurt, that, that got hurt, and he's going to be out? Do you remember? Oh, I didn't hear I didn't hear about that. Neither did I. It was about a month or two ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, was, uh, he's a big – maybe uh, let me look and see what I can find real, real quick on it. But it was a like, big game. Just a second. Oh, Rich is here again. Who? Uh, Richard okay. here again. He's one yeah, of the he's one of their defensive ends. I mean, yeah, that's a big injury. And Scott Pagano transferring was was a, that was a big loss uh, on the defensive line. But they returned Farrell, Wilkins, and Lawrence. And Wilkins and De- Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence is the best defensive tackle tandem in the country. And, I mean, whoever fills in, and, you know, right now I'm here, you know, because Jurgen looks like he's going to be Farrell's backup. Uh, so, Austin Bryant is projected to start at the other end spot. Um, you know, I mean, Farrell and Lawrence are both sophomores. Wilkins, the junior. I mean, you know, and whoever that other, you know, you got three nasty defensive linemen, and then whoever your fourth is, you can kind of just rotate in and out, and you're probably going to have success with them. Look, I mean, you look, you look at Clemson, and this is this it's not fair. I, I hate what they've done, but at the same time, I respect what Dabo has done recruiting, yeah. uh, you know, and how they built talent there. It's amazing. I'm getting getting back to Louisville right quick. I know you guys are saying nine and three, eight and four. I think Louisville goes ten and two. I do. I think they lose at North. I think they lose at North Carolina State. I think they lose at Florida State. I think they get their revenge on Clemson. Um, with it being a home game early in the year, especially with Clemson the week before having to go to um, – I mean, not having to go to, but having to play Auburn. And I think they get revenge on Kentucky. Um, 
you know, the game, the trip up games that you do have to look out for, um, for them that, you know, they should win, but let's, you know, keep your eye on it is the game at North Carolina because it is the week before Clemson. And, you know, the nice thing is that they're breaking a new quarterback. We still got to worry about them looking ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so, so we're all going to, so the bottom line is they're not going to win it. So, they're not going to win the no. ACC. They're not going to win this division. So let's let's talk about Clemson. We talked about right. Clemson already on this show, but I think they lose to Auburn. I think they lose to Louisville. In that Virginia Tech game, September 30th. God, I mean that if they can make it out of the month of September with one loss, I'll be very impressed. Auburn, Louisville, Boston College, and Virginia Tech. That's tough, Jonathan. Five games in September. You got Kent State's going to be a win in Boston College, but at Louisville, at Virginia Tech, and hosting Auburn, that could be a two and three start for Clemson. Yeah, I mean, looking at Clemson, you know, we talked about obviously what they're replacing offensively, and defensively they should still be good. Um, you know, but like you know, the issue is you know you have Auburn, who I think Auburn's a better team. Uh, you have to go to Louisville. You have Boston College at home, and that's nice and all. But the sandwich game because you got to go to Virginia Tech the next weekend. I know Virginia Tech is replacing their quarterback, and but they, yeah, it looks like Virginia Tech is on the rise. They've done some good things. I mean, it could be a two and three months. I mean, we could be Clemson could be out of the race um, by the end of September, and then you got to worry about they got Georgia Tech at home at North Carolina State, home against Florida State, home against Citadel at South Carolina. That five game stretch to end the year. Right, because you have their bye week after Syracuse. I mean, this is a team they got. They have a tough schedule, uh, especially in the reloading year. I'm very interested to see how Clemson can handle all this. And 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 I'll tell you one thing about that Auburn Clemson game, guys. Early in the season, the defense it seems like they have trouble catching their breath. Right, it just seems like you know it's just mm-hmm. trying to get in shape and everything. And the way Auburn's pace is, if they get first downs in that game, and even Louisville. I just think Clemson's defense will take a little while to to set in. And one thing that's going to hurt that defense is the offense not being able to get first downs. And and I think that's what people overlook. Clemson's defense has been great of late. It seems like a lot better because of Deshaun Watson and that offense being able to do what they wanted to. If they needed to control some clock, they would. This year, I think that's going to be the difference. Clemson, are they going to be a good football team? Yes. Are they going to be – at the level that they have been the last couple of years of Watson, no. I mean, it's just that common sense should tell you. You look at all these these schools that lose quarterbacks of that caliber, they struggle. And I think Clemson's in trouble with that. I think Clemson finishes third in this division behind Louisville. I do. I mean, maybe second. Maybe they'll get second. Maybe. But I think it may be tied with Louisville. I just don't think they're that great this year. That schedule's tough, especially the first part of it. And I, that's if you're Clemson, that's where you need the schedule to be soft so you can figure out a quarterback, Jonathan. But you got three tough games out of five in September. Your season could easily be over before you even start October. And then how does Clemson respond? Right. I, that's, that's definitely the thing. I mean, I think Clemson goes nine and three. I think they have uh, a similar type season that Florida State had in 2015 after Jameis uh, was in the pros. Uh, you know that that it, it, that year, Florida State. You know they lost the they lost at Georgia Tech and uh, it's starting to get me started. Um, they lost at Clemson. 
and then uh, they lost to Houston in, in, in the bowl game. They finished 10-3, and three. and I think the schedule this year for Clemson is, that, is more difficult than that Florida State schedule um, that, that, you know, that the, the Knowles had. So I think Clemson goes 9-3, and three, a very good year, and the thing is, is Clemson, is Hunter Johnson take over, or does uh, the new kid – uh, that everybody's high on the the quarterback out of uh, out of Georgia, whose name is slipping my mind right now. Uh, is he the next? Is he the next thing? And if that's the case, maybe they have a 2016 like Florida State, you know, where you know, because this is a team that can still lose a lot of talent on defense um, after this season. You know, I, it, this is the year we find out if Clemson is at, you know really a blue blood, or are they just a one hit wonder like we've seen in years past with certain teams uh, looking at. Uh, a team like uh, you, you, you look, you go back when uh, Colorado won their national title that one year, and Georgia Tech, where it was okay, well, everything just finally came together. But you know, now it's can, can you actually repeat it? I think they're a seven and five team, guys. Don't laugh at me when I tell you that. Clemson's seven and five. Let's bring Jason Humphrey on. Jason, man, what do you think about this division so far? What we've talked about in the ACC Atlantic? I, I think this division is obviously a two-man race, Florida State and Louisville. I think this division it comes down to um, October 21st in Florida State. The revenge game of this division. Um, you remember last year, Florida State went up to Louisville, and for Jonathan's sake, we all know what happened. So... Um, so, I, I think it's a two-minute race. Um, I'm with you on a Clemson line. May not be a 7-5, but I'll go 8-4. and um, Breaking in a new quarterback, what you don't want to see is Auburn. And Auburn has a very good defense, which was last year. Um, and at Louisville, so... Um, that defense is going to have to stop teams under 20 points for this offense to have it shot. Yeah, and and you know what? Before Clemson even plays Florida State, it's supposed to, I mean, that's the thing. You know, Florida State can sit back after that Alabama game and focus on a couple of games. Clemson is going to be in dogfights mm-hmm. every week. And, I mean, and before they play Florida State, guess what? They travel to NC or NC State. The game before that, guess what? They played Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. And you know it's very hard to play against Georgia Tech. I mean, it's just you have to change. Clemson's always seemed to mm-hmm. – and maybe I'm wrong. Jonathan, they seem to struggle with Clemson, or Georgia Tech. Clemson has in the past. It, it, it's very weird with Clemson and Georgia Tech where, you know, so it, it seems like under Brent Venables – they have finally figured out that triple option offense. But before that, you're right. I mean, that was a team that it seems that they, they, you know, they would either blow out or get blown out. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting robbery between those two schools. Well, I'm glad me and Jason are on the same page about Clemson. I think I see people's proje- projections. They have them in the playoff and beating Florida State, and I'm just like, there's no way. I mean, Jason's right. There's a it's a two team race. It's Louisville, Florida State, and yeah. this. And I think Florida State takes it. I think Florida State probably beats Alabama that first week. And I don't know if Florida State loses a game in the ACC. I mean, I just look at their schedule. They got Bama. 
You know, they and, and, and I, I know we'll talk about them in a minute, but let's get off Clemson real quick. But the thing is, and I know Dabo's won a couple games, but Gene Chizik looked like a god with Cam Newton too, you know. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, I just, I just don't think Dabo's that great of a football coach. I think he's more of a mascot. And I, I just – I swear, I, I, just, I just think the true Dabo Sweeney starts showing up. And I think he's going to make some stupid decisions. You look at last year, guys. Let's not forget. They they beat Auburn because Auburn was playing 12 quarterbacks that couldn't piss and, 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 and walk at the same time. What just I mean, happened? Terrible. What? Johnson, yeah, Quentin, what's up? Yeah, Quentin, you were going to say something. What's up? Okay. No, that's me right here. I think Jason said what happened. Quinn dropped. We'll bring him back on okay. in a minute. But look at last year's Clemson team. Let's let's just look real quick before we jump to Florida State. The main the main meal tonight that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. They should have lost to Auburn, honestly. They should have lost to Troy. The referee screwed them. And then if you look at it, Louisville should have beat them. There's three losses. NC State should have beat them. Four losses. Florida State should have beat them. Five losses. Pitt beat them. Six losses. Virginia Tech was a a crazy game. That could have been seven losses. Bama should have beat them eight losses. Jonathan, I mean, there's eight games that they won that they could have easily lost. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if Auburn has had confident quarterback play, they beat Clemson. And like you said, they got robbed by Troy. North Carolina, if Louisville, if that receiver didn't step out of bounds uh, a yard early, they probably won that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville does. You know, North Carolina State, if they got a kicker worth the damn, they win that game. But the West don't steal it against Tallahassee. Like, Clemson had so many chances last year to blow it. But at the same time, I look at that, and the way I see it is, how many times do they actually lose if they lose to Auburn? And that team has to refocus. Because, look, they want to sit. And then they doormatted Wake Forest, South Carolina. They were in control against Virginia Tech for the most part. They crushed Ohio State. And the Alabama game, they showed some grit and some toughness and came back. Clemson last year yep. probably didn't come back uh, being down double digits to Alabama. Now, nobody had ever come back against double digits under Nick, uh, against Alabama under Nick Saban. So, you know, Auburn Clemson had. obviously had some. No, not in the fourth quarter at least. Yeah. Uh, it was 21 to 7 when they. Or it was in the game, twenty-one-seven. It was not in the fourth quarter, though. You're right, because yeah, because Alabama had been ninety-nine and oh, I think it was. I'm just saving when they were up double digits going into the fourth quarter. And it was some stupid number, um, and that was the first time somebody had come back from being down double digits to to knock them off. Alabama came back to the lead. You know that last drive by Clemson was amazing. At the same time, don't you didn't y'all when Alabama sit down late? Didn't y'all sit down and go? Huh, this reminds me of that game Pasadena between Florida State and Auburn where he looked at the clock and said, ooh, that's too much time. Ooh, that's too much time. You know, I, I, I hate – I know you hate – That's hate sad. Break. That's sad. That's sad, and you're right. <laughs> As an Auburn fan, you leave a minute a minute and six seconds or something on the clock and you're up by four, and that's not enough. That's too much time. That's pretty sad. You know, to well, think about that. Florida State had score, scored what, 20 – Four points in the second half of that game. I mean, that the offense was clicking at that point. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I just and you're just right though. I mean, Clemson. There were a lot of games where they were one play away, 
They, it's it's true. They're one play away from disaster. Um, so you know, I, I'm with, I mean, like I said, nine and three for me is, is looking at it saying they got too much talent. Uh, but you know, you're right with, with the games at Virginia Tech, with the game against Georgia Tech, with the game uh, at North Carolina State, at, you know, at Syracuse, at South Carolina. I mean, this is he's like go seven five easily. But I just look at it and say yeah. they're more talented than these teams, and they should win these games. That's just how I mean. Because you guys to play at North Carolina State, we for Florida State. Yeah, that's tough. You know, there's no looking ahead. Um, you know, you got you know you got at Virginia Tech. You know, and yes, after Boston College, but Boston College is after Auburn and Louisville. You know, I mean, it's a it is a tough schedule. You got to go at Syracuse, and it's going to be on a Friday night. Like, there's no doubt Clemson has a tough schedule this year, and it's going to be interesting to see how talent. You know, yeah. how, how not only how good of a coach Gabo is, because we've been trying to figure that out, but how good is he really? We'll find out this year. And I'm willing to bet that he's good enough to where they go nine and three. So, so what if Auburn comes in there second week of the season and beats them by three touchdowns, and Louisville beats them in Louisville? Where do they? What do they do? Who do they uh, turn to yeah. to to lead them? Deshaun Watson. This is a guy that could have lost eight games last year. The best player in college football. Now you take him away, and you take away. Let's not just talk about him, but all the other NFL players that came off that team. Yes, they are talented, but. That early in the season, it takes some time for these younger players to gel, especially quarterbacks. All of a sudden, your season's over. What incentive do they have to keep going? Is, is Dabo a good enough coach to get them up, Jason? That's what I'm trying to find out. Is Dabo a good enough coach to make this team play when there's nothing to play for after making it to yeah, two straight playoffs? Yeah, that's that's definitely the question. Not only is that they lose Lawson, did lose the top two pass catchers, um, Mike Williams and um, Leggett from last year. We're going to see how good of a coach um, Dabo is this year. Yeah. Quinn has joined us back. Well, let's let's turn it to the team I think we all think is going to uh, win the ACC this year. Can we talk about North State first? Yeah. Can we talk about NC State first? NC- that's, that's your wild card really, team. Uh, yeah, oh, I get it. I, that's what mm. I said a couple weeks ago. I was talking about them. They returned 16 starters on this team, Ooh. and they're all seniors just about. You look at that defense, defensive end Bradley Chubb, senior. Justin Jones, defensive tackle, senior. B.J. Hill, defensive tackle, senior. Contavia Street, senior, defensive end. Linebacker, Jared Fernandez, senior. Linebacker, Arius Moore, senior. Mike Stevens, corner, senior. Safety, Sean Boone, senior. Damn, Jonathan. I mean, that's coming from a pretty good defense last year, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> North Carolina State's front seven looks, well, front six looks nasty. And, yeah, their secondary is going to have some change. It's going to be interesting how that goes. When you got an offensive line like that, you can afford to grow with your secondary and an offense. You return your best mm-hmm. weapon in Jalen Samuel. You can bring back quarterback Ryan Finley. You're bringing back four your four starting linemen, you know, including your left tackle and your center, which I believe are the two most uh, important offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, boy, NC State, that's the team to look at. And their schedule kind of sets up nice. 
It really does. I mean, you had that South Carolina game in Charlotte to open the year, and that's the game where we find out what NC State is, right? Because if they beat South yeah. Carolina, you're like, okay, this could be something, right? We get Marshall and Furman, who cares? Then you got to go to Tallahassee the week after Florida State plays Miami. Well, the week after Florida State beats Miami early in the eighth season, year in a row. Early in the season, Jonathan, that's where Florida State's vulnerable to me. That's where if you're going to get somebody like Florida State, you get them in September, and that's where they have a chance to go on the road, right? If you're going to go to Tallahassee, do it in September. Don't do it in November. Yeah, but they ain't going to win that game. It's not against NC State. It's just they struggle in Tallahassee. That, that, you know, if, if this game was in Raleigh, I'd be scared. Scared. But for some reason, that really is a home-and-home series. Um, you know, you get Louisville at home on a Thursday night, then you go to Pitt. You have a bye week, and then you go to Notre Dame, and then you get to come home for Clemson. Like, North Carolina State schedule kind of sets up nice. We don't really know what Notre Dame's going to be, but I imagine Notre Dame's going to try to take out some frustrations from last year. But NC State gets a bye week. This NC State team, I don't think they run the table, but I think this is easily a team that could finish 9-3, and 10-2, and two, and really, they could even go 11-1. Uh, they could, but... You know, you look at that offensive line, Quinn. I mean, the only person they lost is their left guard. Yeah, I actually have North Carolina State finishing second and uh, behind uh, Florida State in the Atlantic. I have uh, NC State going nine and three. I see them losing at Florida State. I see them going to Pittsburgh, and I think they'll lose that. And then I think they lose to Notre Dame. But then I see them winning the the, rest, the next four games. I see them all winning. So, you actually think yeah, Notre Dame going to NC State? It's at Notre Dame after that, after that crazy, frustrating game last year. I think uh, Notre, Notre Dame will win. Yeah, that was ugly, wasn't it? The rain, that was nasty. It was just yeah, man. that was during like the hurricane or whatever. <laughs> and and Brian Kelly wouldn't run the ball. Brian Kelly refused to run the football. How do you know you're yeah, a back coach? the ball deep in seventy-five mile an hour winds here. <laughs> yeah. Jason, mm-hmm. Jason, what do you think about NC State? I think NC State. Um, I think this season. Children is definitely um, second in that conference. Um, they they go to Florida State. Um, they have Louisville on a Thursday night, which we know being on a road team on a Thursday night is always tricky. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick NC State, too, second in this division. Now, thinking about it, talking to you guys, looking at these returning starters a little closer. I mean, this is something you can't ignore, Jonathan. You can't ignore um, bringing me, back here. Go ahead. Can I add something? That NC yeah, State game for Notre Dame is after the USC. So, a big oh, time wow. rivalry game, emotional game. So, NC State could have gone to South Bend. And they have a bye, Jason. NC State has yep. a bye that week before. Yeah, so. that is true. So. 
Is he yeah, St. Tony this. of Clemson? <laughs> yeah, it is. Wait a minute. What? Well, well, think about it. Florida's homecoming is LSU. <laughs> oh, well, there was a re- that was, there's a cheeky reason behind that. You and I both know it. I hate both of those schools. They can both suck for all I care. <laughs> but I'm going to say they beat South Carolina. They beat Marshall. They beat Furman. They lose to Florida State. They beat Syracuse. They beat Louisville. They beat Pitt. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Clemson. Hell, this team, Jonathan's <laughs> right about the schedule. Yeah. I'm just trying to look at it. I mean, Clemson will be better in November. It depends on how many they've lost. But, yeah, this is uh, – a team? Could you imagine if NC State knocks off Florida State in September, and after Florida State maybe loses to Alabama? Oh my God! Blasphemy! Blasphemy! <laughs> Somebody would have to call well, Jonathan if that happens. Yeah, we would have to. Yeah, we would yeah. have to make sure Jonathan gets checked into a men- mental <laughs> institution if that happens. Yeah, I don't first know. After North Carolina last year. Jonathan, are you going to need some Xanax for that Alabama game? <laughs> I, I, it's funny, actually, looking looking towards the Alabama game, I'm so, like, ready to lose, if you will, that if we win, it's crazy. If we lose by, like, 10, I'm okay. But we lose by, like, 40 to Alabama, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Don't the thing that concerns me, and let's move to Florida State real quick, is Florida State's only bringing back five starters on offense, and they're playing an Alabama Nick Saban defense. And the thing that scares me, Saban, every year I, I say they're going to struggle that first game maybe, and they just look good. They look like Alabama looks better at the first of the season than they do any time during the year. And I just don't understand that, Jonathan. I don't understand how Alabama can play all these teams and, and just destroy them in week one like they do. It really is something. I mean, Alabama, uh, the average score of those games is 35 to 17. I mean, it's just year after year, Alabama just, they put it on somebody. You know, Wisconsin, Michigan, Clemson, USC, it doesn't matter who it is, year after year they come in and they just mud stomp you. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's really, to be honest, it's kind of disheartening. I mean, if you look at the last five, they beat Michigan 41-14. They beat Virginia Tech 35-10. They beat West Virginia 33-23. They beat Wisconsin 35-17. And they beat USC 52-6. And I always remember that Clemson game. <laughs> he thought Clemson was going to be good that one year. And uh, Yeah, I was there at that uh, game. I was at the Georgia <laughs> Dome for that one. That was funny. You know, so, I mean, it, it, it's really something else. Um um, I'm excited for that game because Florida State's defense is where it's at this year. You look at this defense, and yeah, they lose yeah. to Marcus Walker, uh, and, and there's no doubt he's a leader for the he's a leader for this team. He's a great great player. We don't we probably don't beat Miami without him. Uh, you know, he blocked the extra point. Uh, you know, had 16 sacks last year. We probably don't beat Ole Miss without him. He had what three and a half sacks in the second half of that game. Uh, but Brian Burns is coming in behind him. And Brian Burns had eight and a half sacks as a true freshman. And I'm, I'm feeling okay with him and Josh Sweat, Derek Noddy. That's the fearsome three. Uh, deep defensive tackle. Linebacker, you bring back Thomas and Hoskins. 
with Emmett Rice and Adavius Jackson backing up, who both look good as freshmen. Uh, uh, Jacob Pugh, who plays more of a, um, a block role, I think is what they call it. He's, he's more of a pass rusher, linebacker. I mean, you, we lost Marquez White, and that's, that, that, that's a loss that I think is a little understated, but they've recruited so well at cornerback. I think Florida State feels good about that. And, guys, I don't know if you heard, but Derwin James is back. And, yeah, Der- Derwin Ty, like best player in college football, Derwin James, is back. And he's healthy, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. And you're right, though, this offense, it says we're only returning five starters if you look at the magazines. All right, look, quarterback's back, both tight ends are back, uh, Nyquan Murray and Auden Tate were our two most um, explosive receivers by the end of the year. They really were the starters. Um, Keith Gavin is somebody who's highly touted uh, at, at the slot. We actually did Alabama for him. Where you've got to worry about Florida State is offensive line. Alec Everly, Landon Dickerson, Rick Leonard, Rock Rube were all back. But we don't know if Everly's going to start at center or if he's going to get replaced. Uh, Rick Leonard did not look very good in pass pro last year. Uh, Landon Dickerson's come back from an ACL injury. Uh, Cole Minshew's back. Uh, interested to see if he comes back healthy. We don't know who the left tackle's going to be. That's an issue. And right now, if you look, a lot of people say that it's going to be a freshman, and that, that, that scares me, especially against Alabama. And, you know, we're we're like six deep at running back. I mean, Cam Akers is going to be somebody you're going to want to watch this year. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying no, he's going to be as good as Dalvin, but Cam Akers. I look, Florida State is a good team with a really good schedule. You open it with Alabama, however that goes. Louisiana Monroe, Miami. I'm glad you get Miami early because you don't have a quarterback yet. You get NC State at home, at Wake Forest, at Duke, home for Louisville, at Boston College, home for Syracuse, at Clemson. I always hate going up to Clemson, home for Delaware State, homecoming at Florida. If Florida State does not, if they have to win double-digit games, the floor for this team is 10-2 and two and only one conference loss. I think Florida State will go 12-1. and one. I'm not telling you who they lose to, but I think they go 12-1. and one. Mm. Well, just, I just, I mean, if they lose to Alabama early in the season, I mean, you look at that schedule at Clemson, I don't think that'll be at Florida, a rivalry game. Florida hasn't scored a touchdown in a few years with them. Quinn, what do you think about this Florida State schedule here? Uh, I think it I think it sets up really nicely. I I see them losing to Alabama, but then after that, I see them winning all the rest of their games. I mean, their toughest road games are at Clemson and at Florida. And uh, I'll tell you what, the scary thing about playing Alabama is the injuries, and that's what worries me if I'm Florida State. You know, you you play a team like Alabama that, I don't know, you end up getting people hurt and then you have to worry about the rest of your schedule then. I think they can beat Alabama because of the athletes they have on the field. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts guy. I think Florida State can take care of that. And I just think the first game of the year, you know, Jimbo knows Nick Saban just as good as anybody does. I just think 
Florida State's quarterback's better than Hurts. And I think that could be the difference in the game. Jason, what do, what do you think about this Florida State schedule? Where do you have them? How many losses? I think this – I think um, one at the match. Um, I mean, if they get past Alabama, you could be talking about a Francois highest minute trophy season. Um, I really like this team coming back and possibly might ask for a title contender. Yeah, I mean, even if they lose to Alabama, they're going to go eleven. Yeah. They're going to go eleven and one, right there. I mean, no doubt about it. I don't see anybody on their schedule that can beat them besides Alabama. No. Clemson, maybe because of their talent and that, and as a quarterback, can they play quarterback well? NC State's at home. I mean, I just don't. Florida sucks. There's no way Florida State's going to lose that game. So, Jonathan, I mean, your boys right now, he just. Through the Alabama game, that's just like a house money. It's like a, yeah. a free bet. You just get to – if you win it, great. If you lose it, you're not going to lose anything. The only thing you got to make sure of is you don't lose any any starters after that game. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is we got we got to come out of that game healthy, uh, win or lose, uh, and, and healthy more along the offensive line and the defense. Uh, and obviously, quarterback like like to keep Francois upright a little more this year. He took a lot of hits last year. He took too many hits last year. Um, you know, I it's, you know I, I I think it's eight in a row against Miami. I think it's five in a row over uh, Florida. Um, you know, I, I just just I think the Louisville game. I think you see the revenge factor. Um, I, I think Florida State takes care of business against North Carolina State, but at, at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do. You know, four. You know, it's going to be four in a row uh, over week four. It's going to be twenty in a row over Duke. It's going to be eight in a row over Boston College. Like, I mean, you know, it's just that's 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 how that's just how the schedule's kind of set up. It's set up really nice. Where the only back to back we got to look at that's tough is Miami, North Carolina State, and luckily um, that Miami game. And granted, Miami has a very good defense this year. But I think that's a game where their offense will fail their defense, and Florida State will pull away late against them. But you know, it's I I think we're in the playoffs. I do, and I think anything but the playoffs is um, cool. is a little disappointing. Um, I think anything, and I think if we don't uh, win the conference, I think you can call it a disappoint uh, of the season, a disappointment. Oh yeah, definitely it's. Same thing for uh, Florida State, and I think Clemson fans will say the same thing to you. Auburn, Florida State, Clemson, Alabama, all these teams, it's, it's mm-hmm. playoff or bust now. There's there's no yeah. way around it. But next time we do the show, we're going to do the – we're going to finish the ACC off, the Coastal Division. And, Jason, which Pac-12 division would you like to talk about? Along um, let's, let's do the South. Okay. Well, you know the Ducks are in the north. I'm not. Oh, God, that's the Pac-12 South. Uh, USC yeah. and nobody. All right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and Arizona, and coach fired. Arizona State, coach fired. UCLA, coach fired. Uh, yeah, wrap it up, boys. We're done. Yeah. How about another conference in with it? Yeah, let's let's just add another conference in with that guy. We're going to, so we're, we're out of the ACC Coastal, 
in the Pac-12 South, right? That's yeah. what we'll do uh, either either Wednesday or Sunday, depending. I've got to go back to work, so we'll see how my week starts out Tuesday when I go back. So we'll try to try to get a show in, but won't promise that. Yeah. But I can promise you this: in the month of August, we'll do two shows a week all the way through football season. So we'll always do two shows during football season as long as God's mm-hmm. willing. So, all right, guys. Hour 45 minutes, great show tonight. Got to get off a little early. I got to get up real early. Anything you want to close with, Quinn? Any final thoughts? Nope. Jonathan? Uh, MLB All-Star Games Tuesday night. Home run derbies tomorrow. If you're a baseball fan, uh, there you right. go. It's going to be fun. I mean, I I, I like baseball. I got MLB TV so I can watch all the games for the rest of the season. Um, it's, uh, it's a good way to pass time until college football uh, games start being played. All right, Jason, any final thoughts? Nope. Well, just to bring it up, SEC Media Day starts, um, I believe, tomorrow, yeah, at 11.35 a.m. Commissioner Greg Sankey's going to speak. Then we've got Brett Bielema will be speaking, Ed Orgeron. Can't wait to hear the cookie monster, what he's got to say. <laughs> and uh, Butch Jones. How about that gumball? So we got Butch. That's going to be fun. Butch Jones, Ed Orgeron, Brett Bielema. Tuesday, we get Steve Shaw. He's going to speak. Uh, head of the officials, Kirby Smart, Derek Mason, uh, Dan Mullen, Jim McElwain. Wednesday, uh, we got Nick Saban, and uh, let's see. I'm trying to find Malzahn here. I think it's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday we're going to have Malzahn, Daniel Carlson, Trey Matthews, and Braden Smith. It's interesting to see what the the experts. I think you may see one or two of those guys pick Auburn to win the West. If they have any kind of common sense, this will be the year to do that, not, not yeah. the years past. We'll see. But I think what you'll take away from SEC media days is LSU is going to be a little overrated. I believe we'll we'll take that away and we'll see what what people say. So so Cookie Monster tomorrow, guys. Don't forget we'll be on between two thirty and five thirty. Hide your cookies. He's coming. So, so tell me, guys, why is SEC Media Day so big compared to all other conferences? Everything's big in the SEC. That's why. <laughs> it just means more. It just, you yeah. know, just, just like the commercial says, what just listening to people talk, it just, it just means, it just means more. Um, you know, and um, yeah, it's who cares. Oh, I want to see well, the um, media picks for the East. No, yeah, the East. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that, that, those would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Bama top, fans, top response. At least I can tell them this. Bama fans cheer for a team that has more national championships and all the fans have teeth. So at least we can, they can <laughs> take pride in that. All right. Uh, Gumbo, yeah. oh and Bomb will be there kissing Nick Saban's butt all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I swear, I swear. You you see Nick Saban at media days, you look for a little bald headed Ewok, 
or aliens sitting over there. They're fine bomb. Uh, are we sure he's not ET and he just never got home? <laughs> I don't know. He's the ugliest person I've ever seen on TV. They're still employed. Yeah. He's probably picked up XM I mean, with those ears. Yeah, I mean, how did he get a job? I mean, that's what I want to. I mean, he's a genius. I mean, the guy's a genius. He knows nothing about football, but he makes millions of dollars a year. Well, he he's on ESPN because somebody called and said, "Hey, I killed a tree," and that's how he's on ESPN. <laughs> that's a good point, Jason. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that is that's when Bomb Bomb really took off. That's your Harvey up there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Phyllis. Don't forget Phyllis. Yeah, <laughs> Phyllis from Mold. Uh, yes. And Jim from Tuscaloosa. And then, and then that crazy Auburn fan, that lady, she's like nuts. I Tammy. forget her name. Tammy. Tammy. Yeah, Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, she's stupid. <laughs> Every year, Auburn national she champion, is. everybody else sucks. <laughs> yeah. Your sister's you that not related to you, Ryan? Ah, ah. Yes, yeah, my that's my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jason, do you have any rednecks out there where you live? Um, not really. I'm just trying to keep it to myself. Just yeah. hippies are in Oregon. Just a bunch of hippies. That's yeah. all. Smoking weed. Oh, no. So tell me, Jason. Tell me, Jason. How do you get marijuana if you wanted it right now? I walk across. I walk down the street. There's a dispensary. That's like four dispensaries in the Carter's Grove. That's your How much does it cost to get a? Dealer. How much does it cost to get a joint? Um, I don't, uh, what? Twenty bucks for a joint? Okay. I don't know. Good I, God, I, that's high. I I don't smoke weed. I don't smoke weed. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for no. weed? He, he took a guess. He's probably wrong. He took a while. I'll so. probably him one. All right, Jason. Last question for you: Are you a Donald Trump fan? Um, I don't mind him. I yeah. So. All right, good. Quinn, you're a Donald Trump guy, aren't you? He's all right. He's not as bad as I thought he would be. Jonathan? He he is what he is. I as a person of politics, I think he, yeah, he's not helping out as, like, what you want to be in, if you want to be a politician. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you know what, at least, you know, he hasn't done enough to... It's the worst thing you can go after about is his tweets. He hasn't really done anything wrong, so... Yeah. Well, he's he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but the guy, I don't know, he's just... He's just different, that's all I can say. And you're right, he's a regular politician. The guy doesn't give a crap about the media. He he just disses on them every day, and that's, that's something that's entertaining, at least. You know, and he's a... I don't know. The guy's crazy. So I think you got to be a little crazy to to be a billionaire. That's what's made him great, though. That's what's made yeah. has made him a multi-billionaire. 
Never yeah, an NFL owner, though. Yeah. That's smart. He's smart. Just remind Donald Trump about how he never got to be an owner. Just remind him of that and watch him go off the defense. Hey, President Trump, how's it feel to know that you never got to own an yeah. NFL team? Yeah, but, yeah, but he's, been on, he's, been on, he's been on WWE, though. Yeah, but he never got to do what he wanted. He always wanted to own an NFL team. Never got that chance. Nobody, nobody ever let him. Then Donald wow, Trump did kill the USFL. Yeah, Donald Trump did kill the USFL. Because they, yeah. they thought he could force a merger, and then he'd be an NFL owner. Yeah. The guy's a... I mean, he's just insane. I know. I mean, the guy's too stupid to be a racist. You know, people say, "Oh, you're he's a racist." No, he's not. He's too dumb to be a racist. I mean, you got to post up. Guy Oden just likes yeah. Well, guys, I got to run. Uh, have a great week, and I'll let you guys know a few days in advance when we're going to do a show. So take care. God bless. We'll see you Wednesday, Thursday, or Sunday. All right. Hey. I- Call it